DiscerningHearts.com, in cooperation with Tan Books, presents Put on the Armor, a manual for spiritual warfare with Dr. Paul Thickpen. Dr. Thickpen is an internationally known speaker, best-selling author, and award-winning journalist who has published 43 books in a wide variety of genres and subjects, including The Rapture Trap, A Catholic Response to End Times Fever, and The Manual for Spiritual Warfare, the book on which this series is based. In 2008, Dr. Thickpen was appointed by the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops to their National Advisory Council. He has served the Church as a theologian, historian, apologist, evangelist, and catechist in a number of settings, speaking frequently in Catholic and secular media broadcasts and at conferences, seminars, parish missions, and scholarly gatherings. Put on the Armor, a manual for spiritual warfare with Dr. Paul Thickpen. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Paul, thank you so much for joining me again. Oh, Chris, it's always great to be here. In the Manual for Spiritual Warfare, all of it, I don't. it's kind of like a Sophie's Choice. I don't know how I can say this is my favorite part, but okay, I'll say it. This is one of my favorite parts. It's the section uh, which you have entitled, Help from the Saints. I love the stories and the prayers and everything. They're just that great cloud of witnesses who are there to to give us a hand, to cheer us on, to help us through. Thank you so much for putting that in there. Well, thank you, Chris. This, I couldn't leave it out. I mean, one of the one of the beautiful things about being Catholic is that you've you've got these comrades in the faith uh, from two thousand years, living in all kinds of circumstances and uh, with the same you know human nature we have, and uh, and overcoming the devil. And so, of course, we we got to learn from them, and not just because their example and and their wisdom and what they do and what they say, but also in that that we can call on them now for help, which is such a wonderful thing. They. They actually, they've, they've been perfected now. They're standing before the face of God. They're face to face with him. They, they've been perfected in love. They have a share in his power, his authority, um, and all that he, he is. And the church teaches us. And so they've got power to help us, not just to intercede for us, but to actually do battle for us because they have a share in the power of God. Part of the, you know, one of the reasons for the for this section of the book is is that Stories from their lives can can serve us as examples and even parables of of how we can can what we need to do. Their words can give us wisdom, but it's also to help us get familiar with them so that we'll feel comfortable saying, you know, Padre Pio, Saint Pio, you had to deal with this kind of thing or that kind of thing. Help me now, pray for me and 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 help me. Uh, come to my assistance. How how can we possibly leave out? You know, I, I keep going back to when you know before I was Catholic and I learned so much uh, from my wonderful evangelical upbringing as a Protestant and in the Pentecostal churches. Um, so much that I've learned. But, I, you know, there's certain times where after I became Catholic, I thought, wow, this, this is something that was really missing uh, in my back background. Pentecostals often, or at least in the old days, used to talk about the full gospel because they thought there were other Protestants who didn't get the full gospel because they didn't know about spiritual gifts and miracles and things like that. Well, I discovered a whole new aspect to the full gospel, and I, you know, began to realize that that a big part of it was was the saints and and how the communion of saints and how they love us and they want to help us and they're able to help us because of their union with God now. And I remember back in the old days, the, for me, the old Pentecostal days, there was a, a, a book, a, a novel written called, um, um, I think it was This Present Darkness. And it's based on the, the, the words come from St. Paul's passage about spiritual warfare. And the whole thing kind of it became extremely popular. It was a bestseller because it kind of pulled back the veil and it showed how the angels 
would come to our assistance even when we didn't know it. And I remember thinking after I became Catholic, wow, you know, that's great because it helped a lot of people to realize the role of the angels, but it misses altogether about the saint, doesn't it? Because it's not even part of that person's tradition, the author's tradition. There is, that's like a whole third of your army, not, or, or, or even almost half of your army, not knowing anything about it, or if you don't call on the saints to help you. And we just have to say right here that it begins ultimately when we talk about the saints with the queen of saints, the queen of angels. We've, we've mentioned her before, and I don't want to leave her out in this discussion. We will talk about the others, but we got to talk about Our Lady. Well, it's wonderful. And again, that's something I would have you know missed altogether uh, before I became Catholic, but at so many levels, when you know, let's go back to the first appearance of the devil in Scripture in the Book of Genesis. He comes to tempt our first parents in the Garden, Adam and Eve, and after he leads them to fall, he seduces them into falling. And the Lord shows up and he he speaks his words of judgment on the devil and on the man and on the woman, and in hidden within his words spoken to the enemy, to the devil, who's this. this is shown as the serpent there. Um, he actually has what, what theologians have come to call the proto-gospel, which means the first gospel. The, uh, the, it, it's, really, it's, in, it's in a little seed form, but it's really the first declaration of the good news of Jesus Christ, of what was to come. And in that, God says to the, to the devil that he would bruise the heel of the woman's descendant, but that the woman's descendant would crush his head. So he caused all kinds of trouble for him, but in the end, if, if your head's crushed, that means that's it, you're done. <laughs> and so that, that prophecy that God spoke that day to the devil, that was referring, of course, to Jesus Christ. Um, and in the older, uh, older versions based on the Vulgate, which itself um, was drawn heavily from the Septuagint, the, the Latin version of the Greek version, it actually talks about the, the woman crushing the serpent beneath her heel. The newer versions will say, and the seed of the woman will crush the serpent with his heel. And as I talk about in the book, uh, ultimately it's the same thing. Because it was, uh, it was the, the woman that's being referred to as Our Lady in the prophecy. And it was through her fiat, her, her saying yes to God, when Eve had just, in light of Eve saying no to God, she says yes to God. And through her then comes the savior of the world, through and through her her yes. So it really doesn't matter whether you, you know she's the what where she is in the, the chain of causation, is it's both are true. Because her seed is the one who crushes the enemy, then she has had a role in that as well by her fiat. And so from the very beginning, you get this prophecy of Our Lady having a, a, a very important role in the fight with the devil. And you get it again in, in the last book of the Bible, in the book of Revelation, where St. John's vision, he looks up into heaven and he sees a woman shining clothed with the sun and with stars around her head and the moon beneath her feet. And, um, and she gives birth to the one who will rule the nations with a rod of iron. Now, there's several levels to interpret that. It can, it can be interpreted as, uh, as the scripture, as, I mean, sorry, as the, uh, the church. But also, it's obviously Our Lady. Who is it that's going to rule the nations with the rod of iron, according to the prophecies? Well, Our Lord Jesus Christ. Who gives birth to Our Lord Jesus Christ? Well, Mary does, of course. So John is seeing her. And in fact, right before that, he had just talked about how 
you behold the tabernacle in heaven and you know well anyway i could go into more of that but obviously at one level it's our lady and then it talks about the battle between the woman that he sees and the devil coming after her and after her child so the church has you know from early on said yes she has a critical role in the battle in spiritual warfare for us that god has given her this critical role and many of the saints will attest to her response to aid us in our battle and you outline that very very well you you bring forth those uh, testimonies by those saints Yes, I mean, there, we have, you know, situations, uh, make sure I get this right, I think it was the, in the canonization tribunal for um, St. Francis de Sales, I may not even have this one in the book, how there was um, uh, a testimony given by, uh, by a sister, by a nun who had who'd been present at one time d- during an exorcism, and how, saying that how the, a Hail Mary prayed by someone had uh, just driven the, the demon crazy, so to speak. We get it, we get the testimonies from from um, from exorcists today. You know, one saying how a, a demon speaking to a person said that don't pray the Hail Mary because it's like a hammer beating my head. We just don't realize these things. We don't always think about them, but the seed is there in the scripture, and then the experience, the long experience of the church over two thousand years has been that she does have great power over the enemy, and that God's given her to us to help protect us like a mother protects her children. From the teachings of St. Bernard of Clairvaux, found in the Manual for Spiritual Warfare. Mary, Star of the Sea. Mary is the distinguished and bright shining star lifted up above this great broad sea, gleaming with merits, giving light by her example. If you're caught between storms and tempests, tossed about in the flood of this world, instead of walking on dry land, keep your eyes fixed on the glow of the star, unless you want to perish, overwhelmed by the tempest. If the winds of temptation surge, if you run aground on the shoals of troubles, look to this star, call upon Mary. If you're tossed by the winds of pride or ambition or detraction or jealousy, look to this star, call upon Mary. If anger or greed or the allurements of the flesh dash against the boat of your mind, look to Mary. And if you're troubled by the enormity of your sins, ashamed by the foulness of your conscience, terrified by the horror of Judgment Day, so that you begin to be swallowed up in the pit of sadness, the abyss of despair. Think of Mary. In dangers, in straits, in perplexity, think of Mary, call upon Mary. Let her name be always in your mouth and in your heart. And if you would ask for and obtain the help of her prayers, don't forget the example of how she lived. If you follow her, you won't go astray. If you pray to her, you won't despair. If you think of her, you won't be lost. If you cling to her, you won't fall. If she protects you, 
you won't fear if she's your guide you won't grow weary if she's favorable to you you'll reach your goal and again it in the form of any mary in prayer even the hail mary it ultimately it will direct us to jesus christ doesn't it and it does and and the church has always said you know that anything that we say about our lady always eventually takes us back to christ that when when we define a doctrine about our lady in part it's it's in order to clarify something about the nature of christ so when we had to when the church had to go against a heresy saying she wasn't mother of God, had to to help people to see, well, if you say she's not mother of God, then you're saying Christ isn't God. Jesus, Jesus Christ isn't God because she's his mother. So it's it always does take us back to him. But if you know if you look at any army, the great commander in chief of the army isn't down there doing every single thing himself beside every soldier. Now, I mean this it's just an analogy. Of course our Lord is with us, helping us all the time. But what what a general also does is to assign responsibilities uh, to those who are under his authority. And the scripture makes it very clear, especially with the angels, that he has done that, that um, they, they have a share and he's, he's given them authority to fight for us and that kind of thing. And it's the same with the saints. He's given them a share. The scripture talks about how uh, we will reign and rule with him, the saints will, that the saints will, uh, will have a share in his love, his perfection, his holiness, his power, um, and so the saints that are with him now, they have a share in all those things. And so essentially God looks at him and says, go get them. I've given you the authority. I've given you the power. You love them as I love them now. Go help. Go help my people. And that means doing battle against their enemy. We'll return to Put on the Armor, a manual for spiritual warfare with Dr. Paul Thickpen in just a moment. Did you know that Discerning Hearts has a free app where you can find all your favorite Discerning Hearts programming? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Monsignor John Essef, Deacon James Keating, Father Donald Haggerty, Mike Aquilina, Dr. Matthew Bunsen, and so many more. They're all available on the free Discerning Hearts app. Over 3,000 spiritual formation programs and prayers, all available to you with no hidden fees or subscriptions. Did you also know that you can listen to Discerning Hearts programming wherever you download your favorite podcasts, like Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, even on Audible, as well as numerous other worldwide podcast streaming platforms. And did you know that Discerning Hearts also has a YouTube channel? Be sure to check out all these different places where you can find Discerning Hearts Catholic Podcasts, dedicated to those on the spiritual journey. The Memorari. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen.
Hello, my name is Deacon Omar Gutierrez, and I want to ask you to support Discerning Hearts in a special way. We, Chris McGregor, the board, and I all know that not everyone listening can help financially. We know we have listeners from all parts of the world, and we have made a commitment since the beginning to make the truths shared through Discerning Hearts totally free. So while you may not be able to contribute financially, what you can do is certainly pray, but also give us positive reviews on whatever platform you use to listen to us. If it's iTunes, Android, Stitcher, or Spotify, however it is that you get these podcasts, or if you're on YouTube and you like our videos, please give us a good rating and write a review. The more good ratings and reviews we get, the higher our profile, and the more listeners will discover us, listeners who may have the means to contribute in the future. Please consider rating us and writing a positive review today. We now return to Put on the Armor, a manual for spiritual warfare with Dr. Paul Thickpen. So many of those saints that you chronicle in the manual for spiritual warfare date back all the way to the, the very early fathers of the church. There are doctors of the church and even those contemporary saints, as it were, that are so dear to our hearts, like St. John Paul II. You help us to hear their own witness and experience and warnings to us about the real presence of evil in the forms of that, of the, of, of the devil and the demons. You do. I mean, St. Augustine talks about it, St. John Damascene, St. Cyril of Jerusalem. I could go on and on. I, I love this passage from St. Cyprian of Carthage. He, he's addressing pagans in this passage and um, kind of giving them some evidence, concrete evidence, that the gospel is true. That they, They've heard the, you know, the Christian preachers say that you know, Jesus Christ is God in the flesh, and he's come to save us and all those things, and he's going to defeat the, has defeated the devil. And some of them are saying, oh, yeah, well, give me some evidence of that. So he says, well, come and hear the demons with your own ears. In other words, come watch as their people are being exercised. Come and see them with your own eyes when defeated by our prayers and our spiritual flogging and by the torture of our words, they abandoned the bodies that they had possessed. You will see how the demons whom you pagans set up in high places and honor as lords, in other words, as, as gods to worship. You will see how they are bound by our hands and tremble under our power. And they could. They could come, you know, especially often, you know, today at, at exorcism, we usually try to take it some, you know, someplace private and quiet, as it should be. Um, but in those days, especially, they would encounter so much stuff, people preaching, the apostles and their preaching, and others, bishops. And it, it, you'd have to kind of confront the demon right there in public. And that's part of what he's talking about here. He's, uh, he said, you can come and see these things for yourself. The demons are real. You know they are. You've, you've been harassed by them. Watch how the power of Christ overcomes them. Yeah, and even chronicling the strategies that we've talked over the last several conversations have been witnessed to us by those saints. I mean, doctors of the church and just great founders of communities, whether it's St. Ignatius of Loyola to St. Catherine of Siena, they, they all have something important to teach us about the strategies, don't they? They do, because they were astute observers of human nature and of the soul and of the, the trials and challenges of the soul. And so they were astute observers of, of the enemy's temptations and his strategies. So one of my favorite images comes from St. Ignatius of Loyola, where he says that, you know, your soul is like a fortified city, or it's supposed to be fortified anyway. And the enemy is like a siege force surrounding it, 
trying to get inside and to take it over, to overtake the city. And just like any siege force, what he will do is he sees these walls that are protecting it. He'll go all around the walls looking for a weak place or looking you know, for an open window, looking for an, an unlocked door, looking for a crack in the wall. And when he finds it, that's where he goes after it. Wow, what a profound insight that is. You know, I, I, all the time I'm, I'm thinking about that where I'm, okay, Lord, uh, you know, thank you for your help in these areas that I know the enemy usually attacks me. I've been able to resist and stuff. And the next thing you do, you realize is, oh, the enemy just took it. He just tried to come in this little side door here. I was hoping I wouldn't notice. <laughs> what a great thing. Or uh, St. Catherine of Siena, St. Teresa of Avila, all of them were so careful to observe these things. And then they just didn't, didn't just keep it to themselves. They either wrote about it or they told others who were with them. This is how the devil does it. And uh, so they've left us this wonderful heritage, this rich heritage of strategizing to, to help protect ourselves from the enemy. In many cases, some of the most brilliant intellectually, as well as spiritually, those members of the great cloud of witnesses that we call saints, as I've said, have witnessed to us these realities, and one of them, in a very strong way that you you quote repeatedly in the Manual for Spiritual Warfare, is the great spiritual director himself, uh, St. Francis de Sales. Oh, my goodness. He just, <laughs> you know, he had so much to say about these kinds of things. But so, for instance, I've, you know, one of, the, one of the quotes in here is where he talks about consulting your spiritual director, because he says, for when the enemy sees a soul ready to consent to inspirations, he often seeks to deceive it, an evil that will never happen as long as you're obedient to your director in all humility. So he, he warns us, you know, that God speaks to us and seems to be motivated, calling us to do something. The enemy can deceive us about it. Uh, it's a good idea to go check with our spiritual director or if we don't have a spiritual director with a, a, um, a friend, a, a solid, faithful, wise Catholic friend that we know, to talk to him about it. St. Teresa of Avila, you know, the quote right after that. She says, in anything that is for the service of our Lord, the devil tries his arts, working under the guise of holiness. Oh, my goodness. You know, which just echoes what Scripture says, that, that the demon often comes as an angel of light. What a great thing to realize that sometimes, I mean, sometimes uh, just recently was in a situation where you're in a parish where the devil, not my parish, but could witness where the devil had just gotten in, in the middle of it all. And there were folks thinking that, you know, they were being holy by what they were doing. St. <laughs> Bernard, you know, says about slanderer and the one who listens to the slander that they're doing the work of the devil. Wow, that's a good one to remember. He's basically talking about gossip. In their lives, too, they had encounters so often. They, I'm reminiscent of that scene in The Passion of the Christ where at that moment when Christ has embraced his cross and his traveling the way to Calvary, that it should, depicts Our Lady looking across the crowd and she can see the evil one tracking every step. And so many of the saints had encounters with the enemy on that type of level, didn't they? Oh, they did. Oh, my goodness. Um, and a lot of them, probably a lot more than we know, but often I think out of uh, modesty, they wouldn't talk about it or perhaps they were afraid it might frighten people too much. But there are a number of saints. Uh, the, one of the earliest ones that we know the, the most about were, is uh, St. Anthony of the Desert that I mentioned a while ago, where the, the demons actually in the early part of his hermitage out in the desert would, would show up in, um, in, in the forms of, of uh, beasts, wild beasts, and attack him. 
and um, he would basically say to them, you, you know, you can beat me up if you want, but I'm going to serve God. You're not going to frighten me out of doing this. But even, you know, look in the scripture, St. Paul talks about it when he talks about his thorn in the flesh. And he says that, you know, a, a messenger of Satan. Now, that word messenger, angelos in Greek, is the same word as angel. So you can actually translate an angel of Satan, meaning a fallen angel, whether he means literally that or not. But a messenger of Satan was sent to come after me and harass me. So you've got examples of it that clearly there in the life right there of, of uh, St. Paul. We've got it there in St. Anthony of the Desert. Uh, we've got in St. Teresa of Avila. We've got it in um, more recent times, St. Padre Pio, St. Gemma Galgani. Oh, my goodness. Uh, the story of Teresa of Avila in particular, I mean, it, it's quite compelling. I mean, this was a no-nonsense woman. Yes. <laughs> Don't accuse her of embellishing. And St. Catherine of Siena. St. Benedict, uh, you know, just going on, St. Ignatius of Loyola, uh, St. Martin de Porres, St. Rose of Lima, St. Joseph Cupertino, Paul of the Cross, Alphonsus Liguori, St. John uh, Vianney. Oh, my goodness. You know, he's got the longest story in the book because he just over a period of years, poor man, was just buffeted because he was doing such incredible work there in his parish. And not just for his parish. People, of course, would come from all over France and beyond to come to him for confession and, and for other things, for his wisdom, his counsel. And so the devil wasn't going to let that, you know, <laughs> we're going to let that go. He was right on him again and again, and, you know, all kinds of things happening. And not just, you can't just write this off as something happening in some crazy man's head because other people heard it and saw things happen. And that's the case with so many of these, these uh, situations that we hear about. Okay. Now that we've, we've allowed them to be able to bear witness to evil, and now it's time to call upon them to help battle it. That's right. And that's, and that's a very important part of the, in the Manual for Spiritual Warfare. It's not just to read about these saints, but to actually ask them to help us. That's right. I mean, I, you know, just I don't know, imagine if you were you're needing some help with something, and you're reading a, a book by someone who is an expert at it, and you put the book down, and, you, and, and it turns out the author is sitting right next to you. You know, would you, would you put the book down and say, Oh gosh, I hope I can do this. Or <laughs> would you turn to the expert who, who wrote the book, you know, and say, "Hey, <laughs> I need your help." It's the same kind of thing. We read about their lives, we read their words and stuff, and it's not just a matter that we put the book down and say, "Oh gosh, well, I hope I can do it the way they did it. I hope I can apply their wisdom." They're sitting, they're right there with you. You turn to them and you say, "I need your help. You're an expert at this. You've been through it all. You can help me. You know how to help me. You know how to pray for me. You know how to help me in other ways. Please do it." And they will. St. Anthony has helped me so many times. Oh, my goodness. So in drawing to conclusion this particular part of our conversation, any final thoughts, Paul? I would say, especially with Our Lady, you know, calling the saints to help you, calling the angels. We haven't talked about St. Michael yet and, and the angels that are, you know, considerably but in substance. But uh, Our Lady has such a role in all of this, and she has such a love for us. She loves us with with Jesus' own heart. She's, she's got incredible power. The demons hate her name. They hate the name of Jesus and they hate the name of Mary. And I think it was St. Bernard who said, you know, the, oh, men aren't, aren't afraid as much of a, uh, a whole host of soldiers, armed soldiers, as the demons are afraid of, of Mary's name. So I encourage you, you know, pray the Hail Mary, pray the Rosary, ask Our Lady for, for protection. And her son Jesus is pleased to to work through her. He's he's appointed her for these things. 
and he's pleased to work through her to help us in this battle. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Paul. Thank you, Chris. God bless you and all your listeners. A Prayer to Mary, Queen of Angels, as found in the Manual for Spiritual Warfare. O Queen of Angels, Bane of Devils, the proud spirits of wickedness were humiliated by your perfect humility. The rebellion was scattered by your perfect obedience. Your fiat overthrew Eve's baleful consent to the ancient serpent, crushing his head, exposing his deceits, and healing the wounds inflicted by his venom through the Son you conceived, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Come to our aid, O Lady of Victory, when the battle rages, when our strength fails, when the enemy wounds us, when defeat seems certain. With your mantle, cover and protect us. With your bright banner above us, dispel the darkness, so that we may rally again in combat through the invincible power of your Son. Then, when our warfare is complete and our victory won, lead us from the battlefield to his glorious throne, so that we may join you there in a glad song of everlasting triumph. Amen. You've been listening to Put on the Armor, a manual for spiritual warfare with Dr. Paul Thigpen. To hear and or to download this episode, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com or download the free Discerning Hearts app. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com and join us next time for Put on the Armor, a manual for spiritual warfare with Dr. Paul Thickpen.